Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to another episode of the Married Men Don't Talk Show. I'm your host, Darren Smith. Joining me is my co-host, Rodney Turner. Uh, tonight is another interesting topic that men we do every day. Uh, we go through, we think about, and some of us have gone through it. Um, but before we get started, I want to go over a few rules. Uh, one of the rules are no cursing, no profanity. Um, we're not going to. We, it's a fluid conversation. It's not. We're not going to go over Bible study. Uh, but if we have to go there, it's understandable. It's understandable that we will, you know, because we know God is the author of marriage. So, uh, but if if anybody have any questions, just jump right in, and um, and if not, we're going to jump right into this uh, subject. The name of the subject, the topic tonight is, when did you know it was over? Now, the reason why this subject is so important, because we un- we got to understand that um, that we have to walk into something. When we're walking into something, we got to know that we're walking down the wrong path. We're walking down the wrong street, and we need to cut that out. You know, we need to understand that, this is not the right path. This is not the right conversation I need to be having with this woman or with this man. Uh, so, uh, and and some of us has been. This is our second marriage, me included, and myself. Uh, you know, uh, my first marriage, I did not know it was over, but I seen hints that it was over. Uh, and I know if anybody else care to share, before we get started on these questions, if they care to share about when they, they knew it was over with their first relationship, uh, we can give you the floor right now. Anybody care to share? Well, I could say this. Good afternoon, fellas. How's everybody doing? Good evening, good evening. What's going on, man? All right. Hey, okay. What's up, Chris? Not much, man. Just fighting the cold. Okay, <laughs> okay. Glad you can make it. Yes, sir. But, you know, what a lot of times... We know relationships are over before they start, but we think that we can transition or change people to conform to what we want in a person. And then once we realize that, we're like, oh, man, this ain't going to work. Forget it. But you're going to waste six, seven months of your life at that point. Right. So what are some signs do, did you, did, do you recognize as, okay, this is not going to work? Communication is down. Interaction overall is down. Okay. The communication, you know, a lot of people say communication, but I think it goes beyond that. Um, I think it goes beyond to the point to to know that, you know, if you don't want to talk to her. Uh, some people got poor communication skills, but they still will communicate. They won't shut down, but they just communicate poorly. And, you know, the communication that I had with my ex, it was communication. It was just poor communication, meaning that I didn't want to communicate because I I just felt that it was going to go down a a, a path of arguments. You know what I mean? 
So, you know, that, that's what caused me to research. And I dive right into the show. Um, I go out looking for stuff, looking to talk to men. I was at, happened to go to a uh, another conference. Matter of fact, Chris invited me uh, to a do- domestic violence uh, talk with some other fellows. And, you know, and domestic violence is one of the, the greatest reasons when you know it's over. Uh, but some kind of way, men and women still do it. Now, according to this article on yourtango.com, it's five marriage mistakes that lead to divorce, and that are cheating, dishonesty, addictions, abuse, and a major change in priorities. Now, out of all of them, the major change in priorities is the most dangerous. One, because it's the gray area that allows irreconcilable differences. So what are some priority changes that are made by your wife that will will lead you your marriage down a downward spiral? Kids. I.e. child focus. Go mm-hmm. ahead. That's what I said, kids, because, you know, unfortunately, and I do have some sympathy and empathy towards women because it is a a, a difficult balance, you know, to be the, the wife and the nurturer and, they have to make a point to set their mind to being a good wife and make sure that is the priority. Um, you know, now we all know, uh, most of us, if not all of us, we, we've all had children and we've been through sleepless nights and, you know, all of that good stuff. Um, I have a one-and-a-half-year-old, and I still, uh, unfortunately, go through that every now and again. But, you know, he, he he's gotten a lot better. Um, however, you know, we... We have to be sensitive to that, but at the same time, you know, women, they struggle with prioritizing, you know, uh, who's important, you know. And, mm-hmm. again, you know, I do have some sympathy and, and, and empathy, you know, towards women because they have to wear a lot of different hats, you know, um, you know, with the whole motherhood and the wife thing. But, you know, the, the key is that they, they have to keep their focus, they have to keep uh, their priority that, you know, the – Ideally, in the ideal situation, you know, she became a wife before she came, became a mother, and in that order, you know. So, I think she has to keep, you know, keep that in mind, you know. But it's tough. It's tough. Easier said than done. Well, what kind of communication do you have with her to not seem so selfish when it comes down to, hey, baby, you you paying more to, more attention to our two year old son than you paying to me being, you know, thirty five years old. I mean, what kind of, what, how do you communicate that to her without sounding so selfish? I think you have to be um, sensitive and, you know, and as I always say, it has to be the right timing. Um, And, you know, the way you said it may not be the the best way. Um, I would say that probably say you use the I word, like I feel, you know, this is how I feel, that, um, you're spending more time with the, you know, with the, the toddler than me, or more focus on, you know, the toddler than me, and, you know, just kind of because perception is reality. So, you know, just kind of, you. I mean, it, the, you, what you said earlier was key is that you have to communicate. You know, and unfortunately, you know, it, it's, it's a hard conversation to have. So, unfortunately, we we try to avoid that, you know, at all costs. But 
it's a conversation that has has to be had, but it has to be had at the right time, you know, and um, with the right words, you know, and again, just being sensitive to the fact that you know your wife is juggling a lot of roles, and you know, not that that's an excuse, but just just being sensitive to that and, and try to craft your words, you know, uh, correctly, just so she can uh, feel how you're feeling, you know, because. It, kids, you know, when kids are involved, it, it, it changes the dynamics of a marriage quickly. Yeah, but like I said, you just you just uh, said what I, the what I stated before was what she's hearing. Even though you sweeten it up and talk all smooth and communicate with her properly, only thing she hears is, "I want to be taken care of." as a 35-year-old man before you take care of our two-year-old child. No matter how you communicate it, the only thing that she hears is that once she's, when she's frustrated or in a position where she's doing all she can, and then here come Mr. 35-year-old baby in the room. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That's, what, that's how she perceives the conversation. True. I feel you on that. You see, so it's not it's not a good way to communicate, baby, I need some attention. Or if you, you, you go to touch her after she's been working, cleaning, and, 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 and bathing kids all day, she's like, oh, I, I know you ain't trying to get none, you know. After all the work that I done did, <laughs> you, know, you didn't lift one finger to help me. <laughs> so, yeah, and I think so that's it could the be a key. Different. Yeah, and that's the go key ahead. is that, you know, we, again, being sensitive to what, they're they're going through help out you know and do a little bit more with the kids you know maybe you take over the the bath time routines or you know whatever it is that has to be done whether it be homework or you know because guarantee you and i mean if that's something that she's been doing and she no longer has to do your she's going to warm up period you know if you take it over and put the kids to bed or you take care of the homework or pack the lunches or you know, all of these yeah. menial things, household chores that have to be done every day, you know, if you start taking over that responsibility and lighten her load, mm-hmm. you know, she, she'll tighten you up. That, 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 well, you since, but since we're talking about kids. That. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I just said I actually agree with that. I was in a seven-year relationship with a person, and we had two kids together. And I noticed the more involved and interactive I was with the kids, the more she was open to doing different things, even tightening me up. Mm-hmm. Exactly, because, I mean, she's less stressed, she's less tired. You know, the, the, the I got a headache, you know, kind of, it's like, why you got a headache? I, I, I got the kids, I got the kids' homework done, I packed their lunches, and I put them in bed. What's your problem? You know, those excuses, you know, she could still literally have a headache. I'm not saying that, but those excuses can tend to go out the window. Right. Well, while we own kids, let's stay on that for a second. When you when when do you know it's over? What kind of involvement do the kids have to the ending of the marriage? Man, wow. That man, that's a. I think you were supposed to say that you got a monkey wrench, you know. Um, well, <laughs> with that before you ask that question. I be. I'm going to tell you something. This is more normal than you know, bro. A lot of people blame their marriage or the ending of their marriage because of the children. 
and and I'm going to tell you, you know, it, it's it's in my family. Uh, I'm going through a situation right now with my mom and my sister, but my mom think my sister broke their their marriage up because when my mom is out bowling, you know, when she got my sister up to a certain age, she was like, okay, I'm out. I'm going bowling. I'm going to school at night. I'm trying to do me. Well, my dad, well, my stepdad, he's my dad, he stayed in there with us. He made sure we had our homework. He made sure we went to work. He made sure we did everything we were supposed to do. And as my mom continued to go out, I left the house, and my mom, I mean, my sister and my dad got closer and closer and closer together as a parent-child would get closer and closer together. Well, since my mom stayed up, stayed gone for so long, the next time she looked up, my sister had breasts in the butt. And now she's not all of a sudden another a little child. She's now another woman in the house. So now when my mom comes back to the house, it's like the relationship dynamics change within all three of them, meaning my mom didn't know how to relate to my sister, and she looked at her as another woman trying to take her husband. As sick as that may sound, you absent yourself from your household, you come back and it's totally rearranged. It's really the same. It's just people grew up. <laughs> you know, mm, that's deep. you know, and that's uh, this is something that, and and they, and she contributes the ending of the marriage to my sister and my dad's relationship as being too close. Wow, you see, so so children have a major factor, or can have a major. That's just one incident where children had a factor to break up a marriage when they knew it was over. I I knew it was over in my mom and my dad's relationship when she came back home. And I came back home, and I saw my sister, how fine she was. I mean, I can, I'm allowed to say my sister, she was a model, and she was a fine young lady. And, and, and she was in Barbizon, and she was in all these things. And my mom saw the same thing, and I was like, Mom, why are you looking at I mean, it's okay to say you got a good-looking daughter. It's okay to say I got a fine sister, but don't contaminate the relationship by cheapening what my dad is doing as being a father, and you trying to cheapen it to say he's doing this or doing that. Anybody else? know of any relationship that ended or or dissolved because of the children? I, 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 I think I know, it often I know. happens. Um, hey, how y'all doing? No, my, no, this is Malcolm. What's up, What's up Malcolm? What up, bro? No, I think they, that it often dissolves when it's a, a blended family more so than, um, than uh, you know, same parents. Like a step, you know, stepchild. I, I don't... Like like what you just explained, I think people stay together because the kids more so than leave. But if it is a situation where the kids break the relationship up, it's because, you know, there's of stepchildren, you know, somebody brought a kid in or both of y'all brought a kid in. I think that's well, more prone to break up a marriage than natural children. Yeah, well, my dad, he didn't, when I asked him, he did not know it was over because of what my mom thought it was over with. 
he thought it was over because he was he was already planning his exit strategy when my brother got 18 years old and was on his own. So some people, when you say they stay together because of kids, that's still temporal because they just waiting on the kids to get old enough so nobody wanted to pay no child support. Oh, yeah. No, they, I, I'm saying it, it, it prolongs the breakup. I'm not saying that it keep them together for life. Like, say if you have a kid and, you know, you, you and your wife have three kids and they're, like, under 10 or something, you might stay there or the last one is 18, even though if you didn't have children, the marriage would have been long, long done. That is a so yeah, marriage. Uh, kids probably keep parents together more so than break them up. Mm, yeah, and that's the, you know, that's the point. You know, that brother brings up a good point because what if your marriage – you know, it's functionally like, you know, you're just living together, but the relationship, the marital relationship is long over. You know, and in that case, you know, what do you what do, you do? You know, do you file for divorce? And I'm talking about when you got kids, you know, still kids in the house. I mean, the relationship is over, but, I mean, do you file for divorce or do you continue to, you know, go through the motions? you know, to, to, to keep up the facade. Like what, you know, because, and, and why I ask that question is because how do the children, knowing that mommy and daddy ain't happy, children can tell. You know, I, I've, I've told many stories about my, my children, how they can tell when we're having a little argument or a disagreement, you know. Um, but don't don't get it twisted. Children can absolutely tell so. What, I mean, what in that situation is it? Would it be healthier for the children if somebody just files the divorce papers versus continuing to just go through the motions like y'all happily married when you really know it's it's not like that? Like what? I, what would you suggest? I I suggest what I did. What was best for me? You know, uh, when I broke up with my kids' mom, when I I filed for the divorce because of infidelity. Now, um, once I did that, I was doing, my my objective was to have peace. I know that if I was in that house, if I remained in that relationship, the kids would grow up to see a a functional dysfunction. Mm. And when they are to go into their relationships, they're going to see, you know, they already, kids already have a, an idea of what they want just by looking at their parents' relationship. I knew when I was growing up and I heard my parents fussing about money, my decision was made right then. Just give her all the money and she'll shut up. Well, that's not true. <laughs> it's not that easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, no. I just thought that if he just give her control of the money, she would have nothing to argue about. Well, I didn't want my children to look at us argue because the longer we stayed together, my son gained weight. Their grades started slipping because they heard all the things that was going on, even though I was trying to keep the noise down. I was trying to calm her down when she got too excited. Um, I was trying to, you know, stay gone, you know, stay at work. And I even started going to school just, you know, on top of work just so I won't have to come home so I can argue with her. You know, but the children know, but it's, it affects them. So I was like, well, look, they're going to have to grow callous either way. It's more healthy for me to leave this relationship than to stay because of them. Mm. So I had to make, you have to make a decision, and it's tough either way. If you stay, they're going to learn that what they don't want, 
in a relationship. If you go, one of you guys are going to be absent, and they're going to hate whoever you get with. So you you got to choose the lesser of the two evils. You got to you know roll the dice and figure out, hey, you know I'm gonna let the spades fall where they may. You know, and and it was tough, and it's still tough, because the the, the a second marriage, I think is designed by the enemy, to possibly have the best possible solution to get a divorce, because of the kids. Oh, I hate her. I don't like her. She's not my mother. He's not my father. You know, talking back. You know, just doing devious things. My kids even put. <laughs> when we first got together, my my daughter didn't like my wife so much that she put uh, uh, dish detergent in her coffee and stirred it up. What? Told it was honey. Yeah, it it, it gets evil, bro. It gets wow. really because the children in their mind, if I like this stepmother, then I'm disrespecting my real mother. So I'm going to do something to show my real mother that I got her back, even though dad is making me call her mom, even though that wasn't the case. But that's what goes on in a child's mind. So it's, it's, it's dangerous either way. You know, so that, that, those kind of things. And when my wife come to me and say, your cute little daughter did this to me, me as a father, knowing that I'm raising her, is saying, no, no, she wouldn't do that. That's, that's not how I raise her. So now I got a problem, well, my wife got a problem with me because I don't believe her. Mm-hmm. Or she feels that I don't believe her. So here's, yeah. here's a tug of war. You know, it was it was almost over, you know, at that point because she had to literally get them on film or get them on camera and get them on audio just so I can believe some of the things that she was saying that they would say when I'm not there. Mm. And you say you're, you know, going back to your first marriage, you say that there was infidelity. Was the infidelity on, you know, your part, her part, or both? No, she she um, I was in the navy. You know, she was she found other interests. You know, in other yeah. people. You know, um, that way in another person. And I've always told her, you know, just just don't disrespect me and sleep with somebody. Just tell me that you don't want me anymore, and I respect you more. So she came and she told me, I don't want you no more. I said, Oh wow, okay. I guess it's over. <laughs> that made it easy. <laughs> yeah, that made it easy for me because she she just told me what it was. So did she file okay. you know, the divorce on you, or you filed the divorce papers, you know, f- for her? Like once she said that, did she have like divorce papers, divorce lawyer in the in the corner pocket, or did you still have to go and and actually file the official paperwork? No, I, I say I filed because I filed second. Um, the, she filed first, and since she had a legal aid lawyer. I was willing to give her everything that she asked for if she wasn't going to take all my money. So I thought I was going to do it outside the courts. It would be simpler that way. Nobody would be out of money. But since she had a legal aid lawyer, which was free, I said, well, just tell him to type this. I'll give you thirty grand, and, you know, I'll pay you child support, but just don't hit me over the head. And she put some slick stuff in there after she got that thirty grand. She put some slick stuff in there trying to try to slick me. Uh, she agreed that I would pay $700 a month since she was going to be down in, in Georgia, and I'm living up here in Maryland. 
But the clause, the the second line said seven hundred dollars a month, or Georgia regulated child support for two children, whichever is greater. And I think she thought I was going to skip that part. You know, I think she thought I was just going to not read it, you know, and and sign it and send it back and then just get beat up over the head. But I didn't do that. So then that's when I had to go file my own divorce, you know, my own papers and say, hey, I'm divorcing her. So uh, because of infidelity, if you're just divorcing because of irreconcilable differences, then anybody can file. But if it was an act committed or, you know, some injustice committed, then the person who got that done to them, they have to file that paperwork. So I had to go file secondly. And I had to file for what I wanted. Like I want the kids and I want you to pay child support and I want them to live up here with me. So, you know, but it wasn't easy either way. When they go down there, they give her boyfriends crap. And when she when they come up here, they give my wife crap. So um, with the children in their mind, they thinking more so of loyalty than making my parents happy or if my mom and my dad is happy, then I'm happy for them. They don't think like that, mm. you know. So, but moving on to the next, uh, the next subject is um, sometimes people break up because of religious matters. Uh, going to a certain church um, because someone has found Christ, and the other one don't want to get out of the clubs yet. Anybody familiar with that? Yeah, uh, church broke up my first marriage. Okay. <laughs> you want to talk about that, Ike? Yeah, sure. And, you know, I was saved. You know, we both saved, so we both going to church. Uh, but I don't know. Something was, something was definitely off about uh, my wife, uh, my ex-wife at the time. Um, there was going to church, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. Okay, cool, I did that. But then I started noticing, okay, now church people are in my house cleaning my house. Church people are in my house going through my things. And church people know exactly how the money in my house is being spent. And then the next thing I noticed was every time we get a certain amount of savings, church people would come up and say, hey, we need this money for savings. And I went to Korea for a year while I was in the military. And this is my wife. My ex-wife went to probably, I don't know, about four different churches. So it's amazing, four different churches, all of them had the same MO. I don't know if they could spot a sucker or what. <laughs> but uh, while I was in Korea, you know, they told her, you know, your husband's cheating on you. We got a man for you right here. You want to marry him? So when I came back from Korea, I talked to the church elder. It was five, no, four men in the house with one woman and three three children. And the oldest man was the church elder. So I pulled him off to the side, and I said, okay, because you know you're saying before, because I had orders to North Carolina. And he said, well, before you can go to North Carolina, I have to give you a blessing in order to, you know, release, you know, your your wife. Uh, to you and I said okay look man you can spare me all that crap how much and you know he told me just look me in the eye and said about 2400 so you know I paid the man and you know gave him some items in our house and he finally gave us the uh, quote unquote uh, blessing prayer to move to North Carolina mm-hmm. and 
after all of that that I went through, I was still trying to get her pregnant. Mm. So I went through what I went through in Korea, got back home, paid the ransom, moved to North Carolina, get to North Carolina, and, you know, I got all these signs, all these things going on, uh, always emptying my bank account. I'm still trying to make it work, and we get pregnant, but, you know, we lose the baby. And then mm. really kind of told me it was over when she blamed me for losing the baby. That was my fault. That was all me. And so at that, at that point, you know, the, 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 the final phases start happening, you know, where you're not having sex anymore, you know, you ain't having mm-hmm. sex, you ain't in the house, you know, I purposely stay away from home so I ain't got to see her or when I do come home, you know, take one step in the house, take one look at me, turn around and walk out, you know, and I don't even ask where she's been, you know, mm-hmm. by that time in that phase, and, you know, that was it. Mm-hmm. It was what was amazing about what you just said was when you got after all of that was over, you still tried to get her pregnant. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, I was. No, no, I, no, I, mean, I, I had not, so many signs, you know, and you know from the beginning, but you just ignore it, you know. And but I didn't care, you know. I, I guess I was trying to prove a point to my mom and to my boys and everybody, like, nah, this is the woman I need to be with. But it was nine, it was nine years, it was nine, it was, let's see, we were married for nine years, seven of them nine years was hell. Mm-hmm. Well, I had a conversation with my man earlier today. I don't know if he want to talk about it or not. Um, I went and saw Malcolm today, and um, and we had a conversation about, is a man really in love with his wife or does he just love her and we was trying to determine the difference between the two and if anybody wants to chime in I'll let you know what what the uh, solutions was at the end of uh, after you guys finish say that question again what is the difference because we, 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 we the question came up of does a man is a man in love with a woman or does he love a woman? Or can a man be in love with his woman? Because I know the woman can be in love with the man. That's scriptural. But it's it's not stated that a man, it, it, it's not stated that it's reciprocated. So, and we explored that a little bit in our own relationships as me and him talked to get together today. So does anybody else want to, uh, explain or try to explain the difference if they're in love, do they feel like they're in love with their wife or do they just love their wife? Because what I just said, I don't know if that kind of love will exist again because of what he went through the first time. Well, can I? I yeah, I personally don't never think I've been in love. But I think when you talk about the act of being in love, it's that agape that I'll do anything, you know. It's No matter what happens, we're going to make it work. You know, kids, no kids, car wreck, uh, burnt dinner, 
you know, maybe even infidelity. No matter what, we're going to make it work because that's unsurpassed. I don't know if I'm making sense or not. Well, that's I think I think that's the first love. Uh, we Rodney did a show a couple of months ago about your first love, and and I and I looked at I listened to that show and I and I and I tried to um, look at my own life as as we were all talking. And and as I talked to my man Malcolm today, we was like, you know, what is the first love, the first wife, let's say the first wife, the second or third or fifth wife would not ever get the love and the amount of respect that the first wife has got, ever gotten because, you know, once you um, turn over some stones, it's hard to turn those stones back over because of trust issues with women, with the whole race. And it, even though it's not your your wife's fault, your current wife's fault, it's just the fact that you've been done in before. So you're scared to trust again on that level, even though you say you trust on that level. I, I don't know if it ever actually gets there. Y'all agree? You know, you know I hear what you're saying, and... Early on, after my first divorce, after my divorce, I probably would be more on board with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But what happened to me was I realized that I had to love myself first. You know, I had to have some type of respect for myself first because I looked at myself in that first marriage, and I was a man that absolutely that had absolutely no respect for himself, you know, no love for himself, to allow himself to be in those situations, you know, to not be more active in changing those situations or letting someone know, hey, you, you can't treat me this way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not, and you, just because you feel like you're this or you're that or some elder or pastor done told you this. No, you, you still have to respect me. I'm your husband. Right, right. See, I never had that conversation with her, but I had that I had that conversation now, and I don't have any problems. Did you, when you was looking for a second wife, did you want some things that your first that you had in your first wife to be in your second wife? Do you want did you want certain things to mirror, or did you want something totally different? Like you know, some brothers they say you know, look, I had a sister, man, I'm just going all the way white because the whole race just disgraced me. I don't talk some brothers like that. So what changed from your first wife to your second uh, wife as far as? Uh, the only thing that I wanted to be like my first wife was just her to be a woman. That was pretty much the only similarity I was looking for. Everything else is just a totally different person. Uh, sure, mm-hmm. she may have uh, one or two traits here like my ex-wife, but just the frequency and the timing is different. It's just a totally different person. And I wasn't looking for anything to be like my ex-wife. Now, what I did do, I married my mom. Okay, that that's why my I'm current wife is exactly like 
Mm-hmm. Their birthdays are eight days apart. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I say, you know, what, what you think? Who who you think I I got more of a closer bond to? You know, who who you think I can relate to better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can sit both of them in front of me. And, and say one way and say one say one sentence and I can predict how both of them are gonna react. I'm gonna react. Wow. Gonna react <laughs> Man. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are some of the things? And anybody can answer. What are some of the things that attracted to you to your wife that is not even a factor now? Because this is this is another thing that that uh, that starts a down spiral to a divorce, uh, to something that you don't really want to be involved, to st- something that that caused you to go to the other room, uh, to start sleeping in the other room. So what are some things that are in your wife, that are attracted to you to your wife, that are not even a factor now, that it's kind of like you're disinterested in it? You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I'm not disinterested in it, but I'm going to say, I'm going to go and jump out there and say sex. Okay. Um, when when I got with my with my current wife, you know she was still at the height of her sexual peak. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you know after we had gotten married, you know she had made some comments to y'all. I've shared with you all on the call. So I began to work out and get in shape to build mm-hmm. up my sexual performance. Well, lo and behold, while I'm working on building up my sexual performance, she's now going through perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Oh, her sexual performance is now on the downslope. So now I'm waiting on her to peak back up to get to the, you know, elite cougar status. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So basically all I'm saying is the frequency is not as much as it was when we first got together, but it's not something that I want to, you know, I'm not going to ding her for that because it's just mm-hmm. natural for a woman's body to go through that change. Yes, There's nothing right. that she can yeah. help. Oh, it wasn't because of her diet like that. Say again? That's it wasn't not because of her anyway in a relationship. Like like, when you first get with somebody, y'all hit it two, three times a week, twice a day, and over time, that part fades out anyway. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just the newness, you know. That new new, that monkey, you know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's natural. I mean, you know, you get a, you know, you get a new car. You know, you gonna take, you just gonna drive that around the block. You know, mm-hmm. then after a while, you don't even want to wash that joke. Right. Right. I need air in them and everything. Need oil change. You don't even care. Wow. <laughs> it reminds me of a sermon I once gave called "What Happened to the Love." Talking about how when you first got saved, you used to read your Bible every day. Now you don't even pick it up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying when you first gave your life over, you would call people and pray for people, and now people call you, you just push reject. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know what happened to the love? That's I understand, bro. I understand. And that goes around this question, you know, um, certain things that used to be a factor. You know, I said sex. Um, anybody else want to share? Some things, um, some things that are that, that were turned on. We I think we were talking about this uh, before the, the call started tonight. Um, 
you know, I, I am a breast man, and by my wife having breast cancer and her having a double mastectomy, uh, I had to... I had to change my uh, my my mind frame very very quickly, or or she was going to notice uh, some things that that was unattractive in my eyes when she saw me look at her. So you know, um, it had to I had to grow up real quick. You know, I mean, I I couldn't you know run around like a little boy. Ooh, look at those owner. You know, as when we were younger males. You know, we'd look at that, oh, look at that butt, you know, look at that, look at that, you know, all the physical features. Now, once they're gone, you know, um, it, it had to quickly be a non-factor in a relationship, quickly be a non-factor. And, and, I, and, and I, can, I can attribute this, this group of people to helping me get over that hump. So, well, I should have said that for the end, but... That I, I have to get that out because that is why we come here every Tuesday night to to help and assist each other in in in, in helping us you know get to that next level in our relationship. You know, and one thing one thing I did I did in my first marriage, my first ex-wife, well my <laughs> my ex-wife did. She didn't even know or realize when I was hurting. That's one thing this this wife knows. She she knows when when my heart is broken. She knows when uh, I have a shift in my mood, and and that's attractive to me. And I hang on closer to that, you know. So do any of y'all wives understand when she's even breaking your heart? Has it been even communicated to her? You know that hey, hey, you broke my heart. You, my heart is hurting. You shouldn't have did that to me. You know, are we too much of a wimp to even tell our wives that, you know, that we're hurting? Because I think that I held my feelings in a lot. You know, especially when she, when I would walk up to her and ask her, or try to kiss her before I left, and she'll turn instead of turn instead of turning her lips towards me, she'll turn her tweet her her cheek towards me. And kind of back up a little bit, like, you know, why are you always kissing on me? You know, I think she even asked me that one time. Why are you so touchy-feely? Uh, and that kind of hurt my feelings, you know. <laughs> so, And she didn't even, I don't think she cared. It didn't seem like it. But that kind of hurt my feelings, and I carried that out or throughout the day when I left to go to work. Do, 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 y'all, do y'all get sentimental like me, or do, am I the only one? <laughs> no, we all well, do that. I want to admit it. Go ahead, bro. That has more to do with love languages. You know, you're a touchy-feely person. Your wife's not a touchy-feely person. There has to be a middle ground found. I mean, if my primary love language is physical touch, I love to be touched, catered to, held, comforted, cradled, you know, whatever term you want to apply to it. But a lot of the females that I've come across, even in my previous marriages, weren't like that. And it was an adjustment to me, not something that I carried around, but something that I quickly learned and said, okay, I'm going to have to prompt them. If I want to be touched, I'm going to have to say, hey, touch me. And I think over time they learned, but it was still an adjustment, a major adjustment for me. So how do you communicate that without seeming like you're being a punk, you know, without seeming like you, you know, you're whining or you're, you know, you're sensitive or you're 
you know, um, feminine. You know what I mean? How do you communicate well, to your wife or your, your significant other that, you know, hey, I'm hurting? Because men don't say that. Men do not admit, especially to someone that they're so vulnerable to, that they are hurting. I think they, the first time I admitted that I was ever hurting was on this show. Oh. So how oh. do you communicate this? You know, you, you, it's easy to say, oh, yeah, all you got to do is communicate. All you got to do is communicate with your wife. Just tell her. You know, but how do you tell a woman that your sensitive side needs her attention? A book, a video. You make it a couple's activity. Buy a book to say, let's read together. Or you buy a video. Let's watch this documentary together. And through the communication process, book, video, she learns that, oh, this is why he's like that, if she's paying attention. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That's, I mean, I don't know, man. That, that is, it's, 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 <laughs> You know that that's easier said than done is all I'm saying. Hey, hey D, you you know something, man? I, uh, one thing is that, um, in my opinion, if if you have to if you have to go that far, and you have to actually tell her if your gestures aren't enough, and you have to make it clear as day. I think a woman generally is sensitive to a man when she's feeling him. It's because she's, in my opinion, it's because if it's a woman. It's because she's just not feeling you. That's why she's mm-hmm. operating that way. If you really, if you literally have to put, say the words to her that I'm her, if she can't pick up on the gestures that you've been putting out for the seven months before you get to the point where you have to make it clear, she's just not feeling you, in my opinion. True that. True that. Mm-hmm. That's the truth right there. Mm-hmm. Real talk. Yeah. And then, and then, and if it's getting to that point, in, in, in my opinion, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier today too. If it gets to the point where you're gonna go to the to the level of actually telling her you're hurting, she got the upper hand too. It's a, it's almost like that first girlfriend that you when you first girlfriend you had, like we were talking about earlier today, and you just don't know how to deal with women. Yeah. You know, but that 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 is that's so amazing because, you know, when I was in my first marriage, you know, I I didn't understand it was a state of confusion that I was in. To the why of all of a sudden she left or all of a sudden she want to be with somebody else. It was an all of a sudden moment to me, but to her, I it sounded like it was it seemed like it was well planned, but. The confusion and state of de- not depression, but it, my mind, my state of mind was how, what did I do wrong? You know, you, you got these questions in your mind that's connected to your sensitive side. Whether she's feeling you or not, you have to figure out because men, we're thinkers, we're fixers. We try to it's like, okay, well, if that didn't work the first time, I'm gonna make sure I don't do that the second time in the second marriage. But what was happening was. I didn't know what I did wrong to fix it. So since I didn't know what I did wrong to fix it, I, I was in a state of uh, uh, confusion. It, it, and, that's and because, what, in, in, in my opinion, I, I, I think it was Rodney who said it, 
that's because you didn't have enough, in my opinion, enough self-confidence. You knew you didn't do nothing wrong, so you couldn't be sitting up there really questioning, like, what did I do? Or, or you wouldn't be sitting up there questioning what I did wrong when you know you didn't do nothing wrong. But if and like you, and like like you that, cheated and you wasn't sure if she knew or not. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's but but in a man's mind, even though you feel like, well, I didn't do nothing wrong to her, and then he's like, well, why are you getting a divorce after ten years? Why would she leave up and leave you a perfectly good marriage? Because it can't be perfectly good. Because if it was perfectly good, then she wouldn't leave. That's that's what the strategy is. He's like, well, wait a minute. It, it just makes perfect sense. Why is she leaving if it's a perfectly a perfectly good marriage? So that frustration will cause you to you know, act certain ways when it comes to certain things. Meaning that when I got my second wife, uh, my mother would ask me certain certain questions, and I kept saying, "Well, I don't know." And and she would say certain things. She's trying to use you. She's just trying to talk about referring to my ex-wife. Oh, you still in love with her? That 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 that's the one that used to push my button because mm-hmm. I used to I used to go off thinking like, and the only thing I was thinking about was, man. Well, I don't want to make the same mistake with this woman, but I got to figure out what the mistake was so I won't make it. But I'm lost for worse because I don't know what I did. So when I go into those moments and those thought moments, and my mom see me or my 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 not my current wife, she used to see me. She, my mom used to just say, "You know, you still in love with your ex-wife? Go on back to your ex-wife because you don't you know you in love with her." And that used to just makes me more mad. And make it now seem like I'm in love with her because I'm the way I'm reacting. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And you know, it just, it just, it was more frustration because I didn't know when it was over. I just didn't know when it was over. And that's, and when you can't put your finger on it, it kind of leaves you in the path of, uh, I don't know. You know, it leads you down the path of, you know, uncertainty. Yeah, you and, just and, don't want to do it again. And, and with what you just said, you know, could it be, you know, the age-old question is, uh, how do you know she was the one? And oh, yeah. it's, it's often, you know, hard to articulate that. So, you know, the whole question, you know, uh, that we ask, you know, here tonight, when did you know it was over? I mean, is it, I mean, could are they analogous, you know, the, the whole how do you know she was the one, you know, or when do you know she's the one versus, you know, when do you know it was, when did you know it was over? I mean, are those, do those two ideals, you know, have some similarities, I guess is what I'm asking, because it's hard to articulate. I don't, it was, it was very hard to articulate, but I came up with the assumption that it was, it's two kind of people in this world or in your life. And one person is seasonal, and the other one is permanent. And sometimes we get them twisted. We sometimes we marry the seasonal person, and and we we even we let go the permanent person. Wow. So the person that was supposed to be your wife, or the person that's supposed to be your wife that you ain't met yet, you done married the seasonal person already, and you don't realize it, but now you stuck. <laughs> because you, you in the marriage, you just can't say, "Hey, I'm out of here." I done found the permanent person I'm supposed to be with, and you know you can't do that. 
so the the conclusion that I came up with, this was a person that was seasonal. Uh, yeah, she broke my virginity, and I thought, well, if she broke my virginity, we're going to be married, you know. And <laughs> <laughs> I should have hung out with a lot of my homeboys. They're like, hey, man, I'm out here to crack oh. virginity. They ain't out here to break mine. I'm out here to break them, you know, but that's not healthy either. So I was trying to go down a different path, but that path only led her to even think that, hey, well, you know, is this is some different things out here, and, and, and that path led her down to curiosity about other men, other sizes, other types, you know, and um, and I just I just – found out, you know, I, I wasn't supposed to be with a seasonal person. And that leads me to my question of, is your wife a seasonal wife? If y'all are brave enough to admit it, do you think you married the right one? Or do you think somebody, did you marry the convenient one? Oh, I raised my hand. So <laughs> His hand is raised. <laughs> uh, this is actually interesting because... In 96, I met a young lady who I believe was supposed to be the one I married. And the reason I say that is because surrounding all the abuse that I had in my life, she was in the middle. I did it before her and I did it after her, but never did it to her. Mm. And we were together for quite some time, but I had immaturity issues at the time. Like, she made more than me, so I was uncomfortable with that. You know, She made more money like than that. you at the time? She made a lot more money than me at the time. Okay, okay. You know, like, she had a client's job before client's jobs were big. You know, so it was factors like that. I mean, she made more money. She was more outgoing, more aggressive about life. Um, she knew what she wanted and what direction she was going in while I was... Still trying to figure all that out. Mm. So, well, well, that's see, and I and I'm not throwing sticks at you, but she could have saw you as a seasonal person because she could have been like, well, the the man that I want, he's gonna have equal or greater than I. Right. You see what I'm saying? I do. You're you're saying it from a perspective of. You know, hey, she had everything. She made more money than me. I was living in her house. I mean, I don't know the, the particulars, but it could have been it could have been a convenient thing for you, man. This girl got it going on, and I ain't letting her go. Right. I mean, whenever I needed something, she was there. On Christmas, she brought me seven hundred dollars worth of suits. Cause she liked to see me suit up. She used to buy you clothes. Yeah, she used to buy me everything. I mean took care of me, and I had a full-time job. So you let her go, you saying? Well, no, she eventually walked away from me because I wasn't trying to step up. Okay. But I wasn't ever in a position where I had to step up before. I never had that male structure that said to me, this is what you do. So right. I pretty much just slacked the whole time. She was and what she did. Okay. Wow. So she the one pulled the plug. Yeah, because, she pulled the plug. Because you went past your expiration date of getting yourself together. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. 
A lot of things has an expiration. The seasonal people, they have an expiration date. That's that's why I brought that up. Is, is, okay. Can somebody put their phone on mute? They, I hear a lot of... And that uh, and that brings me to something that that the Bible says. And I, I know it's not Bible study, but we're not. But we just we have to get into this this question of when the Bible says love your wife as Christ loved the church. What does that mean? I mean, does that mean giving up or throwing the towel? Including does that include that? I mean, if you love your wife as Christ loved the church, does that? Is, I mean, I understand that that's agape. I understand that that's covenant. But we have so many divorces that skip right past that. So what does that actually mean? Well, one thing is it means is that are you going to make all the sacrifices that you need to make to make your marriage work? And, you know, what I mean by that is that just like you said, so many people skip over the steps um, to get, you know, their their home life right. And then, you know, they they just skip right to the – they don't, you know, they don't, like the brother said, they don't read a book. You know, they don't go for long walks. I mean, and then they like, well, it's over. And it's like, well, what have you done, you know, to try to make your marriage work? You know, that's the whole thing is like, what exactly have you done to even attempt to, you know, where you're not making a mockery of this thing called marriage? You know, because that's what so many people are doing. And, and, you know, my wife says all the time, you know, marriage is work, but people don't want to put in the work. You know, and like we're here, uh, you know, every week. Um, and this is open. You know, it's a community line, and, and, you know, anybody can participate here. Um, You know, man, married or not, it don't matter. And it's it's so hard getting, you know, uh, guys regular, I mean, good guys plugged in because they don't see that they need to put in any work. You know, the the response that I get is, oh, you know, I'm good. It's like, well, I'm good too. You know, I'm coming up on 15 years uh, this July. You know, thank God. But I'm still here every week. I still got issues. You know, my marriage still has some issues. So it's 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 ironic to me that so many people, you know, don't want to. You know, to your earlier question, they don't want to make the sacrifices to improve their situation, and it all boils down to pride. You know, because the brother said, you know, going back to the book example, I mean, that's what I did, you know, and, and also tying it back, Mr. Host, to what you said about kids, you know, because when I, when we had our second child, that's when storm clouds came over my marriage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what what ended up happening was I did buy a book, you know, and it was the five love languages. I talk about it all the time, and uh pretty much swear by it. You know, I recommend it to everyone because it literally saved my marriage. And here's the thing, though, fellas. When I brought it home to the kitchen table, you know, like, honey, we're going to read this. I bought two books. I said, honey, we're going to read this, you know, to work on our marriage. She was not receptive. You know, she was not like, yeah, you know, I mean, so, you know, that's the myth is that both parties. Wait a minute, you said she wasn't receptive. So how did you get... 
Okay. So how did that conversation? Well, I mean, it, it was it was it was more that this is you know like like my brother T Hawk said you know because I said so, and this is what we're gonna do. And thankfully, she wasn't so checked out of our marriage, you know, to say, well, I ain't doing it, you know. But however, she was not initially receptive to the book, um, mm-hmm. you know, because her, her initial reaction was, this is another gimmick. This ain't gonna work. You know, it's, it's over, you know, for, for all intents and purposes. This is just how we're going to be. And she wasn't too interested about it, and you know, but thankfully got into the book. It's easy reading, and, and we, we had time to talk and share about some of the things. And guess what? You know, I learned some things about Rodney, and she learned some things about her that, guess what, she wasn't doing right, I wasn't doing right in our marriage. And that was what was causing the problem. So, you know, I encourage, like the brother said, read. Hey, you don't have to read that book. Read a book and get away from the day-to-day, you know, do you have half of your money for the cable bill or did you pay the insurance? You know, get rid of that day-to-day stuff and talk about your marriage, prioritize your marriage. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And, and that, that's, that's what people don't do is that they're running. You know, y'all know me. I got three kids, and I'm running all over the, the land, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with, with the kids, but at the same time, I prior my marriage is, is number one in my life. You know, I prioritize mm. my marriage right under God. So don't get it twisted. And plus, I'm on here every week, but I'm doing other mm-hmm. things that 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 are directly related to improving my marriage. Because guess what? It's work. Just like I have to go to work every day. You know, it's not mm-hmm. like I can work. What is today? The eleven. I can't say. You know what? I've done all my work for the. I'm not coming in the rest of the month. I see y'all on March first. It doesn't work like that. I have to show up every day, and I think that's the problem with, you know, men and women in, in marriage is that they don't show up. They don't, and especially not every day, you know. Right. And then it gets to a point where you're meeting at the kitchen table like, you know, all right, um, you know, I got to, this is the grocery list we got to get, make sure we get this. And, you know, you're kind of talking past each other, but what are you actually doing in relation to improving your marriage, you know, making your marriage mm-hmm. more you know, healthier just in general. And, you know, it, it goes back to your earlier question, you know, what does that mean? You know, uh, the whole idea is that prioritizing your marriage, making sacrifices for your marriage. I mean, is you may not can work late, you know, like you want to do. Right. I mean, that stuff will be there tomorrow, you know. Right. So that's, true. that's my take on it. One, one thing that you said that I kind of want to rewind, you said the second child brought the clouds. Yes, sir. Second kid. Yep. Now, now a child brought all of that? Because we we said earlier that children can can bring, you know, the storm to the marriage. And I think you might have said, you know, uh, Malcolm said that, well, the kids keep the marriage together. But you said the second child, the clouds came with the second child. Now, what was was it about... Okay, so yeah. what was it? Yeah, what was it about two children that wasn't there when one, only one child was there? If you don't mind sharing. Oh sure, um, you know that that was part of it. But I mean, she, the second child. Now my first child, um, you know, she was easy. You know, I could have five of her. I mean, she was sleeping through the night at eight weeks. You know, and taking naps like clockwork. I was like, 
what are these people complaining about parenthood? This is cake. You know, I could have ten of these little rascals. And then my right. second one came, and she didn't sleep through the night until almost a year old, and I'm getting up with her, and I didn't get, you know, a good night's rest until her first birthday. And I still got to go to work. I'm still on here with you cats for three hours on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the show goes on, but, I mean, in addition to that, um, you know, in addition to that, uh, my wife took another job. So literally she mm. was interviewing, you know, as she was pregnant. And, you know, so, and granted, you know, the, the job uh, was closer to home and, and, and all of that good stuff. But, you know, I, I actually did a whole show on, on, on babies, birth control, and breakups, you know, because I know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know that it's, I mean, it it's definitely a problem. You know, but the whole idea was going back to your points uh, earlier, Mr. Host, about the juggling act that women have to do, you know, when there's a newborn, mm. yeah. you know, in the, mm. you know, in, in the house and everything, and then try, still trying to be a wife. And, you know, it just was, it, it, it's difficult, um, you know, for her to, to, to do that and to, to get it, it was difficult for her to get her priorities straight, and it ended up affecting the marriage. Okay. Well, during those times, and this is a question for anybody and everybody, during those times that, you know, that the clouds come and these women, our wives, they we love them to death, you know, but they do get on our nerves as we do theirs, okay? Is there ever a time that you ever feel like hitting her? Mm. That's nose all around, yes is all around, or half and half. But no, yes is all around. Never, You never, you never thought about hitting your, hitting your spouse. I mean, now, no. In the past, well, you know my past. But back then, oh, it wasn't about my mind. I wouldn't even think about it. I probably just do it. But now, oh no. Anybody else have a thought? Hey, that's not me making all those noises, man. That's someone else, those papers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. That wasn't me. Hey, man, look, I'm on my second marriage, too. And um, my first marriage, uh, I I learned a lot of lessons from that one. And my second marriage is a a bit different. So, but uh, my first marriage, uh, my wife was... uh, one of those career women, and I thought that's probably what I wanted. But after I got into the marriage, I realized that I didn't I necessarily want a career woman. I wanted a, a traditional woman, you know, because I grew up in a, in a traditional family. And so I, I stayed in it as long as I could, but I actually had to get out of that one because she just wasn't what I really wanted and what I needed. So my second wife is she's more suited for my temperament. Nothing wrong with career women, but um, they were just not suited for me and what I really wanted to do. So. Oh, okay. Well, thanks for sharing that. But and but yeah. did you ever thought about hitting her? Punching her? Huh? Yeah, man. I mean, if you if you you mean hitting her physically? Yeah, physically hitting her. Man, if you're married, at some point you always want to punch out your wife. I mean. 
You have to spray yourself. I mean, come on. I want to. I want to knock mine out uh, today at Costco. She was getting on my nerves. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's almost a daily routine, man. Come on. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they get on your, uh, yeah, they get on your nerves, man. Every day she, want, I would want to choke her out, man. You know, but right. I can't do yeah. it. But come on, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, these, these, I mean, we right. laughing about it, but these are valid questions. <laughs> if you're married, man, you're gonna want to choke out your wife at least twice a month, man. I mean, come on, that's just, well, listen, that's just, that's look, just look the way at it the, is, huh? Look at the reaction of the fellas when I ask the question. Everybody, I only heard crickets. Nobody wants to admit doing this horrible, they don't even want to admit thinking about it, let alone striking her, okay? Man, but think, this is I a problem in America there. that we have to address on this show. Yeah, you're right. It is a problem. You just have to restrain yourself because if, if you're married, man, your wife's going to say something to you and do something to make you want to just, um, you know what I'm talking about, man, but you got to, you can't you can't go there with them. Well, what kind of but, subject? Yeah. What, where, huh? what subjects, what what subjects, if you don't mind sharing, what subjects that that take you over to that ledge? Uh, one time my wife uh, had to get some dental work done, and we paid for dental out of pocket, and she spent $4,000 to get uh a root canal or something, and man, I, I went crazy, man. She didn't consult me to spend four grand to get a, a, a tooth fix, and that's one one day almost just almost leveled her for that one, and uh, a couple other things, but you know that's probably about it. She kind of took me there that day. That's know? that main. That's that. That's that one that almost took you all the way out. Yeah. Oh, and, and something else. Uh, she did a couple other little things, but that's probably the major. She spent four grand on a tooth mm. without consulting me, and <laughs> and man, I almost I had, to, I had to restrain myself that day, man. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, that's about cool. <laughs> Anybody to say, about to need a whole bunch of dental work after that. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably that's probably the, she did other little things. That's probably the. The worst. That's probably, probably the worst, I think. Mm-hmm. I can't think of too many other things, but okay. you know, women, okay. man. You know what? Women know how to push your buttons, man. You know, that's just what mm-hmm. they do. You know, right. my wife knows how to push my buttons to get. I think women do it on purpose. They want to see if you're still a man deep down, so they got to push your buttons. They keep testing you, I think, man. They have to mm-hmm. keep pushing that button, you know, to find out their limits. Because if, okay. if women. If women, if you don't show them that you have a backbone or a limit, they'll run right over you. That's just what I think, you know. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. Wow. It constantly touch you. Yeah. You know? anybody, any, anybody else want to share what pushed them to that edge? What, what made me want to uh, hit my wife, I, even though I won't do it, I might ball in my fist and bite my lip. <laughs> <laughs> we feel you, she keeps talking about something that she know I don't feel like talking about, or keep yeah. asking something that I told her a thousand times to answer, and I don't want to address it no more. Like she may got some chip on her shoulder about it, and so it kind of keep coming up, and I'm done with it. You know yeah, that man. that annoys me. You know what I mean? Mm. Wow. Yeah. Any anybody else? 
because I know that the thing that that really pushes me over the edge is my my wife has two children and I have two children. We don't have any children together. And okay. but we do have a, a grandson that lives with us. What really just, you know, chaps my behind is when she she tries to compare how I'm raising my children and tell me I'm doing it wrong as if she have a better example to show me how to do it correctly. Now, that that kind of hurts me because somebody is telling me how to do something that, that they didn't do correctly all the way. So since she didn't do it correctly, you know, uh, now she's telling me that that's what I did to make them turn out like that. I'm like, well, you didn't do it. It's, it's different to me when a woman do something to a child than when the man do something to him. Like if I say sit down and shut up, they're going to sit down and shut up. If a woman say sit down and shut up, they're going to be like, well, why? Why you got to tell me to shut up? Why you got to disrespect me like that? I didn't disrespect you. It's so much back talk that, you know, <laughs> that, that goes along with that, especially if you're, you're qualified to be, if, you're, if you are in the position of a step-parent. So they already in their mind the reason why they're talking back, hey, you ain't my mama. They're not going to say that, but they, that's, that's their response. So that's their, their thought process to why they're talking back. So that, that, you know that's one thing. Go ahead. I'll actually tell with that. My, my second wife um, had a son, and he came into the house, and I guess they had different rules. And mm-hmm. when he moved into my house, I had to lay down, these are, the rules are changing. And he had yeah. problems with it. And I told him, I said, well, you can go live with your dad. You know, we're not, you know, he's like, well, we ain't negotiating. We ain't negotiating nothing. Either, mm-hmm. you know, you follow the rules or you go live with your dad. You can't live here. Right. You know, I, had my own, I, I had my own rules in the house. And and it took a while to understand that this is just a new sheriff in town. I mean, I don't have a lot of rules, but I had rules like uh, no doors could be locked, uh, no, no. If you had opposite sex, the doors had to be open. I had to meet the guests coming home. Anybody I didn't know. I just had a few, a few rules. No, no eating in the car. Uh, just, just stuff like that I didn't like. And uh, he tested me a little bit, and I almost had to put him out of the house. And I would have put her out too, you know, because I just had to. I, I'm just sorry. I, my pop told me a long time ago, you have to, you have to have order in your house, or yes, you have chaos. My dad told yes, me that when I was looking. He says, my pop ran his house like Hitler. He ran it with an iron fist. And mm-hmm. you have to have that order, man, in the house. And and it, it, if she can't comply, then she needs to walk the plank, too. You know, that's right. just the way it is, man. And 80, 82%, yeah. 82% of marriages in blended families or second marriages has a higher rate of divorce. So it's 82% of people who go a second go around when they're married and have a blended family, because of these type of issues, they get divorced. I didn't know that. 82%? 82%. So it's it's already a high divorce rate at 50%, so they say, Uh, at 50% like they're asking everybody. But the high divorce rate of 50%, and then the second marriage is 82% non-success rate. rate. So uh, this is a marriage killer, or it could be as far as the response. So, uh, and a lot of people result in hitting their mates. 
uh, over some of these issues. Uh, you're not treating my child. You don't hit my child. I don't know how many couples that I've talked to that if the child belongs to the mother or the father, then yeah. the expectations of the step-parent is not to touch the child. That equates well, to the child's mind. You don't tell me what to do because you have no authority. Well, well, I do have authority. I will put your ass out of my house, you know, straight <laughs> up. I mean, that's the authority I have cause, because well, uh, I'm sorry. That's just the way it is, man, because these kids, they just, you know, either you're going to run them or they're going to run you. There's really right. no, it's just, there, there really is no middle ground with them, man. There's no middle ground. But but a woman, let's say a woman, I, I'll say I'll say it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. uh, a spouse with a child. Right. Where their where the where their actual biological parent is in their life, yeah. The issue with the biological parent, the other biological parent of that step parent hitting that child or punishing that child is yeah. not is frowned upon, and it would cause yeah. conflict in that home because you know now you have a man telling another man, look man, don't touch my child. If you touch my child, I will be on my way. So this creates a havoc in that home because now that father goes and tells his child, hey, the next time he touch you, call me. And that's probably why we have the lowest divorce marriage rates in the history of mankind. That's probably one of the reasons why dudes ain't getting married. I don't know. I got some kind of disagreement with that. Because I have two kids by a woman who just got married again. And my daughter came to me one day. Well, I went to their house, and I looked at my daughter, and I said, where's the TV? Oh, Big Armin. Big Armin is the new husband. But he wasn't a husband there. She said, he punished me. And I said, well, I'm going to put the TV back in your room. He is not allowed to punish you. If he punishes you again, then you call me and tell me, and then we'll talk about it. And so I called my kid's mom, and I said, look, he punished my daughter. I unpunished her. And she said, well, why would you do that? I said, because that's just your boyfriend. When you get married and he's a living person, then I'll understand punishment and even sit down with the kids and explain to them, look, this is your stepdad. He's going to have rules that I don't have. You're going to have to follow those rules. But until you get married, he's a boyfriend. And so he don't need to be inflicting no punishment, none of that. Because what if y'all break up? Now, he done brought all this drama into the house, and he's not even around no more. And yeah. once they got married, <clears throat> excuse me, once they got married, I sat down with him, I sat down with my kid's mom, and I sat down with my kids. And I explained to my kids, because my daughter always say, he makes me clean my room. And me, I'm not a stickler for a clean room. I mean, it's your room, you got to sleep in it. So if it's how you want it, it's how you want it. But she would come to me and say, he makes me clean my room. And I would explain to her, those are his rules. This is how he lives. This is what he thinks is right. Yes, I don't agree with that, but you're not living with me. Now, I can work and get to the point where you can come live with me, and then the rules will be different. But until that happens, you have to obey this man. And everybody was okay with the conversation. You know, but I don't just tolerate you punishing my kids when you ain't got no title over their boyfriend. No, 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 no. 
I mean, in this so, area that, you know, that's like my kids. If my kids do something to the point that you feel they need to spank it, then you call me and I'll take care of it. I I don't believe in spankers. I mean, I got spankers growing up, but I don't spike. I got a 19-year-old son I spanked at one time, and I don't really know what that was for. But, you know, I don't do the spanking thing. But if something happens, you call me, and me and him will sit down and talk about it. And I guess the overall point I'm making is if every parent is involved, if the old dad is involved with the new dad and the old woman is involved with the new woman and everybody communicates, none of this mess will happen. But, you know, the the, the ex-boyfriend want to be mad because you got a new man now. So now he want to fight the new man. What what I want to fight that guy for? He didn't do nothing. Well, you just well you. I mean, okay. Now, at first, you just said you. She called you and said he's punishing me. I can't watch TV because my mom's boyfriend punished me. And you stepped to her about him punishing your daughter, right? Because he was just a boyfriend. Okay, because but however else, however it is, these this is her rules. This is how she looks at it. Okay, this man is helping me take care of my bills. This man is putting food on the table. Me and him are courting pretty, pretty serious. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, All that ahead. wasn't happening because they're Islamic, so there was things don't happen like that. that. Things didn't happen that way. It's not until they physically become husband and wife then they co co coexist. Uh, cohabitate. Cohabitate. Uh-huh. At that time, so he, was, he was just a visitor. Okay. Okay. But the point, the point I'm making now, that that's a unique situation because of the religious factor. But the point I'm making is, it's a lot. This this attributes to a divorce. Of when do you see when you know it's over? When uh, I mean, and I know my ex-wife tried to dictate rules. The same thing you just said. But we were in a marriage, and she would call and try to dictate rules in this house. Even though I wouldn't allow it, I, it was still a factor that she tried. The fact that she tried to call the house and scold my wife pretty much and, tell, and told my wife, you don't, my kids are not going to call you mother. My kids are not going to... Uh, due to some of the things that, that I told them they don't have to do. My wife was making them, you know, uh, read, do stuff like read at night, uh, taking extra classes after school was over, taking tutoring, you know, because we, we both felt that they needed it after the, the divorce was over because they start slipping in their grades or whatever. But the children would go back to her and say she made, she, not dad and her, but she made us do this. Uh, one time my wife took a belt to my daughter because my daughter told her she was staying after school for tutoring, and the tutoring section was over, but she kept staying after school, and we didn't know the tutoring section was over until someone called from the school and said, hey, um, your daughter's up here loitering around at the school, and my, my wife told her, you know, no, no, she's up there for tutoring. And she said, no, she's not up here for tutoring. Tutoring is over. That's been over for about 15, 20 days. And so that that was a dangerous situation. So my wife spanked her. I wasn't available to. So my wife kind of spanked, well, not kind of, she spanked her. And my daughter called her mom 
and her mom and my wife got into a big stink about it. And and that caused that kind of caused a wedge because I wasn't there. I didn't know what was going on. I was out for Navy duties or whatever. But that caused a problem. And I could have it could have caused a potential problem between my my marriage because my wife was like, look, if I can't spank them, they got to go live with her. Which she was telling the truth, but I know it wasn't good for them to be with her. So that called that that kind of brought me into the middle ground. And when it was her daughter living with us. Uh, her daughter was drinking and, and, and did some other stuff, and I said, no, you got to go. And so her daughter's father came and, and to see me. It's like, hey, man, you don't talk to my daughter like this. I said, well, your daughter living in my house, you know, um, <laughs> we we can talk about it or we don't have to talk about it because now he's a, I felt like he was attacking my manhood because he was talking to me in front of his daughter. First of all, you don't talk in front of the children. You address the the other adult, you know, not in front of them. So in other words, you telling me that I'm supposed to let your daughter do what she want to do in my house, that's not going to happen. You know, so it it almost broke us up again there, children. It almost broke us up before we even got started good. Okay, But, um, but to my question, how we began is how many of you actually hit your wife or hit your spouse or your spouse hit you? Have anybody's spouse ever hit them? Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody ever got knocked out by their wife? <laughs> nope. Somebody has. They're just not going to admit it. Right. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to admit to that? <laughs> I know they ain't having to be, though. Well, I mean... I guess, man. I guess I'm got to carry this thing by myself because I got slapped. I got slapped by three or four times by my ex-wife, and she what? did it because she knew I couldn't hit her back because I was in the military. MPs are coming for me if I hit her. Wow. So she knew the rules because her dad was in the military and he got hit by her mom. And then so when we was in the military, when I was in the military with her, she struck me, and I was like, what, what, what? What is your problem? You know, she done kicked me between my legs. I mean, this. I mean, she was crazy, but she was mad, and and that's how she kind of retaliated against me trying to hit me. And it's nobody I can report to, but it's somebody that she can report to. Mm. And what was she saying when she was knocking you upside the head and kicking you and stuff? She was calling right. me all kind of degrading names, you know, mm. uh, you know, uh, just different names like calling me a B and, you know, calling me, you know, things that dudes call girls, you know. She's calling me these names, you know. I was like, really? You know, so, but I couldn't do anything, and if a man reports that he's being hit by a woman, what does that look like? Right, yeah, yeah. Hey, assault is assault. But the police don't look at it that way, not unless a woman is hitting a man. And all she got to do is be crying and say, no, he hit me first, and then guess who's going to jail? Mm. So, but, okay, but I want to move on from that because don't nobody want to be real. <laughs> you know, don't nobody want to get admit to getting knocked upside the head by the old lady. <laughs> it, might just, it might just be you, man. You never know. It might just be you. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. I guess tonight it is, you know. But, uh. <laughs> 
But yeah, hey, let me let me let me ask you a question real quick, if you don't mind. Go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see if there's something wrong with me. Um, if if my wife put her hands on me, like say if my wife slapped me, I'm I'm a slapper back. If my wife slapped me. If she slapped me, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna slap her hard as I can, but I'm gonna slap her just as hard as she slapped me. What if it's extra hard? Left a print on your face. She gonna have a print. I'm left handed. She have a right on her right jaw. <laughs> now, do you think, now, how do you think that's gonna fare out if she called the police? <laughs> I mean, right, I, I really don't really be thinking about that. First. <laughs> I, I would do it because I live with her. Like if a, if a woman on the street slapped me, I wouldn't do nothing. But if my wife slapped me, I'm slapping her back because she got to know she can't do that. Wait, so Wait, she, got be, she, she got to know it's going to be some consequences. Say that one more time. That's not like you, you got more respect for the woman on the street than his wife. I don't have got nothing to do with respect. It's got to do with who I live with. It doesn't have anything to do with me showing that woman on the street more respect. I don't care nothing about that woman. That's why I wouldn't slap her. Wait, so you care about your wife, and that's the reason you're a slapper? Exactly. Like I said, if I was married to my wife for five years, and she slapped me, she getting slapped back. If I was on my second date with her and she slapped me, I probably just wouldn't, wouldn't you know, see her no more. I'd leave her alone. That's some rough stuff, man. So she punched you in your eye. You going to punch yeah. her back in the eye? I'd probably smack her. Oh, okay. You're downgraded a little bit. I'm not, I, I wouldn't hit her with a closed fist. I'd slap her. I just wouldn't, I, and, and it wouldn't even be... It, it, it would be like I would say, okay. It would be I would talk her. I would talk her through it. <laughs> like a child. <laughs> oh, okay, hold on. I want to hear how this goes. I would this talk her through it. She'd be, be trying wife. to cover herself. I would pin her, hold her down, pin her, move her hands out of her face, and say, "Now I'm about to slap you for slapping me," and slap. Mm. Mm. Like you and then right if she slapped me again, we're gonna go through that routine one more time until she stops. Oh, it's gonna be order. Oh, it's going to be, yeah, it's going to be order. I'm not suggesting that, that, that I wouldn't feel like doing that, but I think that is automatically going to lead to some, whoa, automatically going to lead to some jail time. But she wouldn't, wow. she wouldn't call the police on me. She, my wife wouldn't call the police on me for slapping her back. You, you think, uh, well, I don't know about that, because I think women are called the police for anything. My wife wouldn't call the police on me. If she slapped me and I slapped her back, now if I just don't jump on it, that's one thing. But if, and plus she already, I've already told her that. She know that. Oh, you said, you said it straight. Well, she knows. If you, if you slap me, I'm going to slap you back. Don't put your hands on me. I'm not going to put my hands on you. Don't put your hands on me. I don't care if you're mad or none of that other stuff. Don't put your hands on me. Now, what makes that right for a woman to be able to get away with hitting a man and he not retaliate by giving her equal or less than what she gave him? What makes that equal? It's not right. It's just it's reality. It's just that, unfortunately, the law is going to look at it as, well, fortunately, the law is going to look at it as 
uh, as a man, you hitting a woman, you're going to be the one to go to jail. It's not that it's right. She should, she should know not to put her hands on you. She should, it should be reciprocated. But it, it, she should feel that, but you can't be the one to do it. You just gotta, you just gotta find another way to handle it because it's just gonna go sideways for you, um, and ultimately for your marriage. No doubt. But what no goes doubt. on in their mind? I mean, because I often felt like, you know, after she slapped me, I felt so embarrassed because I, I didn't do anything back, and couldn't do anything back. But she equated that to, oh, he really is a punk. You know. Oftentimes, you know, it, it only happened like five or six times during our 10-year marriage. But the last time it happened, I said, if you, and I, I held her down because uh, I, I, she wanted to talk. I, um, we was going to a, a ball or something. We was getting ready to go to a ball. And a lot of the women at my job that she knew of also, pretty fine women, but that's not – I think that she saw that they were fine and, and, and saw that the conversation – was directed towards me, and they were talking about amongst themselves in front of everybody else, men included. Uh, they were talking about, hey, uh, the, the dress that I have, I can't wear a bra with it. So what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to tape this here and tape that there and tape it down so my shirt won't come open. So I was just listening, you know. So when I got home, uh, my wife at the time was saying, you know, the dress, the ball gown that she purchased. It, it she couldn't wear a bra with it because the back was down the same similar you know like all ball gowns are and I said well I'm offering a suggestion to her from what I heard over on the wash floor that hey just put some tape right here because the girls on the job they're saying they telling me that they put tape right here and they tape it down to the they skin it's some tape that you can buy and she said what have I told you about what they're going to be doing and not wearing no bra. I was like, it wasn't. They wasn't talking to me, so I'm trying to explain that to her, and she tries to call the girls. I say, and I'm Damn. like, I'm hanging up the phone. I say, no, hey, it wasn't like that. Calm down. So I just went on to work, and I worked 12 hours, and I got off that morning, uh, seven o'clock. I got home, and she was in the midst of explaining to me of the conversation she had with three other girls that was talking about. She addressed them to like, like they was talking directly to me, and they had explained to her, no, we wasn't talking. We were talking to each other. We didn't even know he was listening. And it just made me look like more of a punk to the women at work. But I said, you know what, it's a done deal. You crazy. We leaving in about six months. I can get out of here and don't have to, you know, feel this embarrassment. Well, while she was explaining herself, I think I, I closed my eyes and I did one of those, you know, <laughs> I, I was half knocked out because I wasn't paying no attention to it. And all I felt was a hand come down on my nose and smash my nose or punch or something. And I jumped out of bed so quick, and I grabbed and pinned her down to the bed, and I told her, look, don't ever touch me again like that, you know, or we will get a divorce. And she called the police, and they saw the bruises on her wrist. Mm. And I went, I went to uh, – I had to check into security. I had I had to take off of work because they held they withheld my security clearance until I had my domestic my, my domestic charges dropped. Mm. And wow. and that was the that's in the military. That's how the military do it. So uh no matter what you do, it just brings me back to my point. Uh even though it's I think it would be fair to just, you know, give them the right treatment, you know, you slap and get slapped. 
uh, it doesn't work well with the justice system. Yeah. So and, and you got to be mindful of it. When you were telling uh, that story, in my mind, I thought that your reaction was reasonable. Like, grabbing her up and be like, that's not okay. I thought that was a reasonable reaction. So the fact that you still got taken away for that is just like, wow. That's just yeah. crazy. And I'm just trying to let you brothers know and make you aware that uh, uh, it's, it's no tolerance for any kind of uh, you putting your hands on the woman because when they come to the house, they're coming to get you for the most part, not unless you just bleeding all over the place and she don't have no scratches on her. Then you can say, hey, she, she, she totally tore me up. But if it's, I mean, if it's her word against yours and, and she got some visible marks on her and, you know, you got a little blood that you just wiped off and you just showed them the tissue, I had that. That's what I had. I, look at this tissue. And she's like, that was that ain't nothing. And I was like, mm. uh, she said, no, no, she said, he getting those leaves all the time. That's what she told him. Wow. And I was like, I can't believe you just told You know I don't get no. What's wrong with you? And here I go off to to the checking in the barracks, you know, and, and looking like a criminal because I held her down and, and had a discussion with her, letting her know, don't hit me again, you know. So, uh, but we we have to be very careful, fellas. We have to be very careful when we when we dealing with women or our wives as far as what they uh, constitute as domestic violence. Uh, and our rights are not as as equal as theirs when it comes to this because we are the stronger vessel. Right. Okay. So, but um, anybody else got anything before we move on? Yeah, I was just gonna say that you know, and we, my, my wife and I have a, have a history of uh, of losing our temper with each other. And about ten years ago, I got myself in control in that aspect of things. And so, what would ha- what happens now? It hasn't happened recently. It's been probably been a couple of years since it's happened. But what happened now is she will start pushing my buttons and start getting in my face and yelling at me. And I will actually call the police and be like, because what happened is she won't let me leave. She'll block my exit, you know what I'm saying? And so I will have to, if I want to leave, if I want to leave, I would have to physically move her, and I don't want to put my hands on her in anger. So I actually have to call the police, and I call the probably, you know, when it, at our, oops, sorry about that, at our heyday, I probably called the police 15 or 20 times and said, I need to leave my house, and I do not want to put my hands on my wife. Can you please come? And then they would come, and I, and I would leave. So I mean. You know, I so I understand the, the the need not to put you know not to put your hands hands on a woman, but it's 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 just rough out there sometimes the way they they treat us. And that and you're right, and uh, and that sometimes kill the chemistry. Um, and 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 when it and once that's gone, then it's like you know that's really a turnoff because now you're not out for my good, you're out to destroy me almost, and you don't care what happens until. You know, you know, it start affecting the pockets. My pockets start affecting your pockets, and now you want to try to, oh, he didn't mean it, and now it looks like, uh, oh, he, she's scared of him, so she's coming with that. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't do anything, a story. So what we're gonna do, as, uh, as the, the the government, we're gonna press charges against them. So it's a downward yeah. spiral, downhill spiral after that, you know, um, that one particular case. So we really need to be very careful. Um, but that brings me to my next uh, next segment here when we're talking about the chemistry. When the chemistry is dead, are there any other worthwhile aspects in the relationship once it's dead to keep it going? 
can we, is there anything else that we can hold on to if the chemistry is dead? What else do we have to hold on to to, to stop the divorce? The word. Yeah. Okay, what part of it? Uh, I'm not the Bible scholar here. Well, I mean, it works for you, right? I mean, I'm the way you saying it. I mean, oh, is that a oh, textbook no, answer? I'm just giving an answer. I'm an impossible uh, Okay. <laughs> Say that question again. You said the chemistry is gone. So what else? If the chemistry you hold is gone, to? yeah. Are there other worthwhile access in a relationship to keep the marriage going? No. Because, I mean, I think you so, got to have the the whole reason of y'all being together was initially because of the chemistry, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, my response to that would be you need to get the chemistry back. And, again, it goes back to my earlier point is that maybe you need to do something different. You know, and I think that people want change, but they don't want to do anything radical like I did bringing a book home, you know, to somebody that wasn't initially responsive, you know. But I never would have known the the after effect if I hadn't done that. And, I mean, it was kind of, you know, honestly, fellas, it was, I want to, I don't want to say a, a last resort, um, but it was... I mean, it was kind of like the last last straw, the last opportunity, um, you know, to to get my marriage back on track. So I mean, it was it, it was definitely something. It was risky, but you know, thankfully, I, you know, I, I'm on the other side of it, and you know, I, I learned a lot from it. But you know, it was. It was definitely some interesting times, you know, during those those few years when those storm clouds and, and maybe you haven't had any storm clouds in your marriage, but you know, it is what it is, you know. Now I'm good after that, after reading the book and uh you know, doing what I needed to do, but you know, I think oftentimes going back to the topic, you know, when did you know it was over, I think the woman is waiting for the man to make a move, you know, um, generally speaking. In most cases, I think the woman is waiting for the man to move, you know. if You know, like the host said earlier about uh, chemistry and, um, you know, getting the chemistry back. I mean, like he said earlier, I think that trying to get it back, I think the, the man has to step up. And you know, be the head of household that he claims to be. So that's just my take on it. Well, does, does that mean now? Oftentimes, when the chemistry is going, I talked to a, uh, a couple of fellas um, the other day, and they made the, the the point that they say, you know, I am not at home in my home. Mm-hmm. And. I say, well, what does that mean that you're not at home in your home? He said, well, I am a religious man, and and I try to do the right thing, but this woman that I'm with, you know, she is just not receptive to my ways, my ways or the ways that I try to pursue her to get, 
you know, back in the good the the, the, the good feel of things and get back into the chemistry with her. She thinks it's a scheme. She thinks that, you know, when, when I'm trying to bring her flowers, it's an attachment to it. She thinks when I try to um, cook dinner or do something nice that she, you know, she kind of look at me with one eye open like, what are you planning? So in his eyes, it was really over because he couldn't, it was nothing that he could do to get back in her graces. And I, and I, and I perceived the conversation with letting him know, look, you sounded like Adam just now. This woman you gave me, okay, you have a responsibility to the woman that you chose to marry. You can't say that this woman that I'm with as if she was slapped in your lap. <laughs> he's, he's, the way that he said it, this woman that I'm with, it was like it was an arranged marriage. Mm. Wow. You know, this, this is not an arranged marriage. Whatever you put into a person, don't get mad when you go for the withdrawal and it ain't what you expected. So he was trying to, because I, I, I had to get, you got to get to the root of the problem, you know. Uh, and that act, and he told he actually when he said that he wasn't at home, in his home. My question to him was, what are you pouring into your wife to receive that? from your house. So I'm going to ask you fellas, are you at home in your home? Hello? Yeah. I, Anybody? I, I kind of understand somewhat. I kind of understand somewhat what the brother was talking about. Because, I mean, you know, and I get it, what you pour into your marriage and when you try to withdraw it's something else. But, you know, we talk about on this call, a lot of times people put this front up in the beginning, and that front to me is serious. Even whether you call it the representative or not, it's still something that's a promise that you make to me. You know what I'm saying? So you and, and these are the things that you, you, you promised me were going to happen if I married you, these things that you've shown me. And then later on within the marriage, you flip the script and stop doing these things. I got a problem with that. And now I'm trying to figure out, well, what marriage am I in? In my own house, this person that I'm with is not even the person that I thought I was getting. It's like buying, buying a, 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 a appliance that was advertised that it does all this and all that, and then you get it home and it doesn't do any of these things. You know what I'm saying? So I understand sometimes where it's like, you know, I'm I don't feel at home in my own house because you don't kind of know the person that that she turned out to be in your own house. If that makes any sense. So yeah, when you um, go ahead. No, no, I, I've I've told this story many times, um, but there was times early in our marriage where, you know, I would ride around the block four or five times, I would go to happy hour, I would do a whole other thing, not just to come home to my own home, because you just knew you were going to walk into something, mm. and you just didn't feel comfortable walking into your own house, not even seeing your own kids, because at the end of the day, it's going to be an argument, or it's going to be, you know, you, you're going to be questioned five times on the same thing, maybe three different, you know, four different ways, 
and it frustrates you. You just don't feel like being there. Or when you get home, you know, you wait till your wife go to sleep before you even go upstairs. Mm. And, you know, yeah, that might yeah. be 2 3 in the morning. And you just you, you just don't feel like being bothered in your own home. And, and you know, that's the first step of uh, get ready to leave. And it could be over something small. Because every time you come home, it escalates, or you know, that same conversation from three months ago comes back, and you never resolve that first issue. You know, it just mm. it, it drives you crazy. So, how do you get your house back in a situation like that? I mean, T. Hawk said that you know you you marry someone who you thought was going to do certain things. So you didn't. And, See, you did, there was no misconception or you never would have married this person. What you saw was actual action, actual personality uh, traits. They, 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 this is the person that they showed you that they were. You know what I'm saying? And to me, that's a promise. Someone said on the call earlier that when you meet somebody and you have sex all the time and then later on down the line, you have sex less. That's a broken promise. You see what I'm saying? Why would I marry somebody? If I knew up front that we was going to have sex less, I'd have made a different decision. Well, how do you, you test that out? How do you test that? I mean, you you know, like like some, like um, my brother Ike said, he said, you know, well, because of menopause, it's because of a condition or because of lack of exercise or whatever have you. Um, but the, but do you? That's not on purpose, right? What do you mean? It's not. I mean, but those those are isolated incidents. The oh, number okay. one complaint about if she for cooking. Men, mm-hmm. The number one complaint for men, married men, is that mm-hmm. the sex has changed. Period. Okay. We don't talk about the word communication change. We don't talk about the intimacy change. We don't talk about the cooking is less. We don't talk about any of those things. Oh, she doesn't raise the kids right. No. The number one is because the sex has decreased. Am I right or wrong? That's right. true. That's, that's, pri- that's primarily the, uh, the answer for most men. Now, if we knew that going in, think about this. If you knew that that, if she told you, okay, while we're dating, we're going to do it three, four times a week, sometimes twice on Sunday. <laughs> but, and, but two years from now, you may get it once every other week. You think we would have stepped into that? So let me so let me ah. ask a question. Let me ask a question no, on that. No, no, no. Let me ask a question on that. Um, so when did you know the sex eight times a week was over? At what point mm. do you know that? Well, you ain't getting it eight times a week. <laughs> That's when you know it's over. <laughs> Simple mathematics. Start counting on your fingers. Wait a minute. Hold on. This didn't happen. Man, I ain't got it in a minute. What's going on? Mm. <laughs> That's good. Well, when and that was and that was a question I asked him. You know, um, he made another statement. You know, or another brother made a statement about how happy they were when their spouse was not around. Mm. 
That's tough. I'm, that's when, man, that's when you know it's over. That's <laughs> when you know it's over. I mean, I'm just saying, man, that's when you know it's over or it's headed how that direction. Do you, but how do you come to that? I mean, I know, well, I can't ask it because I sometimes <laughs> – you know, if 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 my if me and her are really at it, you know, I I don't want to be around her. You know, I don't want to be around her, but that's 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 temporal. You know, that's you know, after about a couple of hours, then you know, I'm like, you know, she give me that look, or or if I'm laying down in the bed and one of them toes hit me on my leg or something, then I'm like, okay, well, you know, let's go and see what's going on. But you know, it, it, it's it's never. A permanent or long or extended period of time. I think the Bible even tells us if you want time to separate from your spouse, do it long, not too long, so the devil can get in there and cause corruption or chaos between you two, or get in there, or you know, and separate for a time of fasting. But hurry up and get back together. Don't do it for a long period of time when you marry. So that was the suggestion. But you know, you got guys that live in the other room. Mm. You know, you got guys in the other the other bedroom and don't know how to come. They, you got guys that live in the basement. Got guys that take the California King to the. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I ain't gonna say that no more. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so, so how do you make your your home your home again? I mean, if you're out of the graces, how do you make? What advice or suggestions that I can give to these these men who wants to stay married, but their home is not their home? What would you tell a person in this position? Intervention. There it is. Intervention. You throwing out textbook. You, I'm gonna call you the textbook man, Chris. <laughs> I mean, but he's right. Talk, talk mean, to him, Chris. Talk to him. I, I wouldn't even say do textbook in this instance, but a therapist. Um, remember I used to say that I dealt with somebody and we would go to recovery couple of anonymous classes together. You know, uh-huh. if you really wanted to work, you got to put work into it. Nothing's going right. to just work because it's supposed to work. You got to work at it. Exactly. Same thing I said do earlier. Do you really? Okay, okay. All right. Do you really think, though, that a therapist is going to make her do the things that she promised to do in the office and then she come back home and do the same thing that T-Hall just said a few minutes ago. Then she don't really want it. Does that mean that she really don't want it or that just means she just went back into routine? That means she don't want it because if I say as a therapist, this is what y'all need to do. Y'all need to have a date night once a week. And if she refuses to have a date night, then she don't want it. If I say as your therapist, y'all need to do this, that, and the third, and she refuses, or not just she, even one of the parties refused to do it, then that party's not serious. Yeah, and it takes two people to make it work. You know, one right. ain't going to cut it. So if you done did all the defecating, you done did all this, uh, bad things to her and put all this stuff into this woman and then she's only giving back to you what she she had to receive all this time and now she's giving it back to you and it don't feel right. How long are you going to stick it out with her 
as she stick it out with you because it takes nine months to deposit something. Well, it takes one day to, to, to deposit something and nine months for it to grow and be given back to you. So if you deposit all of this crap into your wife and nine months later she gives birth to crap back on you, shouldn't you give her that time to, uh, you know, you keep agree. your advances? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I absolutely agree. If, if I cheat on you for two years, five years, and then I say, you know what, I'm going to be a good husband, and I'm going to stop that, it should be two to five years worth of work on my end. 100%. 99 won't do. It should be two to five years of work on my end to start the process of getting things in order again. It shouldn't be overnight because, I mean, I ain't messing up overnight so they can get fixed overnight. But I absolutely agree with what you said. It should be some time because she got to see or he, the, the, the party got to see that you serious. And we can pretend for six weeks. We can pretend for six months. And I done lied to a girl for two years. But over time, that person will see that you sincere and begin to slowly drop their guard down. Do you understand? I mean, do, do, do you realize that 72% of men cannot dish out what they take? I mean, they can't take what they dish out. 72% of men can't, dish, can't receive oh. Believe that. I believe that. 98% of men, if they cheated on their wife, 98% of men can't stand her cheating on him once. Oh, definitely. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that? If you cheated on, let's say you cheated on your wife with six guys, with six girls. You done slept with six women outside of your marriage. And she found out about it. And she go sleep with one. Why are you automatically out? 98% of men are automatically out. You know why? Because the six females I slept with were strangers. The one dude she slept with was somebody that we both knew. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That makes it cool. To leave. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's funny. God, got me choking over here, man. But no, no, just I mean, is, that's a valid question. Why, why can't you take what you dish out? You slept with six, not you, Chris, but anybody. You slept with, you sleep with six women outside of your marriage, and she sleep with one man outside of the marriage, and you out. Because she cheated on you. Because this is how much women put up with some of the things that we do because they don't see it being over when you cheat on them once. You can just say, I was drunk, or I'm being a man, I'm a man being a man. Then you kick all these sob stories in about, you know, you know, my daddy was a dog, my uncle was a dog, everybody in my family is a dog, and then she accepts you again, and you do it over again. And she loves you so much, she don't call it quits yet. It takes five and six times before you call it quits after she cheat on you once. So I don't understand these numbers. I don't think it's fair. I don't think that we, are, we as men uh, have anything to stand on 
as far as, uh, you know, Chris, you gave me an answer, but I don't know, bro. You know, yeah, she slept with somebody that she knew, and I slept with six people I didn't know. I think that makes it more dangerous. I don't know. It might, you know. That makes it more dangerous for her, for you to bring it back to her and, you know, be with her again, I, in my opinion. I don't know. But the the fact remains that she stayed with you, or they willing to take all of that until they had enough. But after you do all of that, how do you get back in good with your wife if you want to stay with her? Say, for instance, after you found Christ, and you say, hey, hey, I found Christ now, but, you know, I want to stay now. What can you do to get back in with your wife? Faith without works is dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to put it in. You got to work it out. And some people, some men, believe it or not, they are trapped in their relationships because of stuff. Cars, homes, furniture, children. You know, do you know anybody that's trapped in their relationship because of things or things that they're afraid to lose? Like child support, that's a big one, you know, <laughs> in in the man's eye. I don't want to pay child support. Hmm. I got one better for you. What's that? How about trapped in your marriage because you're afraid to lose your wife? Mm. You don't want to be by yourself. Mm. Oh. You need I'm the other half of the mortgage. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's real talk. Do people stay married for that? Hmm? Do people stay married for that? I mean, do they stay married because All the time. Of... Mm-hmm. All the time. There's women right now in marriages because they don't, it's horrible, but they don't want to leave because, you know, uh, their security. Yep. They don't want to be by themselves. It's men. They don't want to be the old man at the club starting over again, so they stay with that miserable wife. And become a mm. punk. Mm. I thought of it like that. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't see how being miserable. Mm. That's deep. It doesn't make sense, man. But I think that that's. That, I mean, why? What? Okay. Why would a woman stay in a battered marriage, in an abusive relationship? Why would she stay there? She hopes it's going to get better. Yeah, but it don't get better. I mean, you know, the same person doesn't change, and he ain't going to change nine times out of ten because you're accepting it. still there. I wouldn't say that. There's a slimmer. I mean, you hope hope that it would change. You know what I'm saying? But if it's a battered, abusive relationship and it hasn't changed, but she's still there, why, why would she still stay there? That's what my mother did. I'm, I, I'm mother, pretty sure we all know somebody that did it. Not my mother personally. Yeah. She have a fit of shit on me say that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could have left, right? Right? She, she could have left, you know, but she didn't. Yeah, she got yeah, I don't know because I know it now, but. Well, it depends on how many kids that the woman have because in the old school, you know, they didn't care. You know, you got 10 kids, you ain't going nowhere no matter how bad he beat you or how bad he cheated on you. You're not going anywhere because of the, the secure uh, check that he got coming in. 
You don't matter. It doesn't matter if he done, you know, spent some of it on another woman, as long as he take care of home and them ten kids. Why don't Why don't the women have that mentality today? And I'm not saying they should, you know, allow people to use and abuse them, but I'm just saying, where is that? How can we get that back? Oh, no. I mean, because that's that's what I think um, this country is missing. I think that they they missing uh, the 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 morals that our ancestors had, had brought to us. I, I believe that you know, and I and I don't want to say that they should tolerate somebody mistreating them. That's not what I'm saying, but they're so quick to run to the divorce court that, you know, anytime if a if a man hit a woman just and I, I wanna go back to that because if a man strike a woman once, the saying is if he hits you once, he'll hit you again. Well and without even realizing it was an isolated incident. Without even realizing that this man ever hit anybody once in his life. But just because he hit her and she never thought that he would he would hit her, now he, he strikes her one time and she's out. You know, I don't do y'all think that's fair? Do you think that's a fair statement? What do you think should happen at that point? How do you think it we because because God expects us as men to carry this load. Not by ourselves, but to carry the load. Put it on your shoulders. Just have your woman to pick her feet up and don't drag her feet while you're carrying her. But a lot of us are not willing to stay in there. A lot of us are not willing to go that extra mile like Chris and Rodney were saying earlier. We're not willing to, to go in there and say, hey, look, let's pick up this book. Let's read it together. We're not willing to, because a lot of time that's embarrassing. You know, I'm not reading to you. I don't want to, to, to do this. I, I mean, like, like Ronnie said, it was some resistance there in the first place. She'd come home, bring some books on the table, put them down on the table. We're going to read this. She's like, hey, I ain't got time for that. So how do we get back to that? You know, I don't know what – I know this show was not even alive or thought of when Ronnie, your <laughs> second child. Or was it? No, no. Yeah, she was born in 2007, so, yeah, no. <laughs> no. Nope, nope, nope. You didn't have this avenue when your second child was born. Nope. But yet, still, you had it in you to go do something about a marriage that was slipping, you know, to the divorce right. category. Exactly. You know, exactly. so what geared and engineered you to... Say you know what we're gonna we're gonna go through this. Was it the children? Was it the stuff? Was it the, was it the love for your wife? Was it the uh, the embarrassment? I mean, what what was it that that made your state of mind flip to? We're gonna read some. We're not gonna yeah, go off for your. Yeah, I would say for me, you know, um, it, it was the God in me, of course, and. I would also say that, you know, my parents, who are still married today, and I would say that, you know, that was the reason that I 
you know, divorce wasn't really an option. I mean, we had talked about it, had discussed it, but it wasn't really an option. So, I mean, it was, I had to figure it out. So you guys didn't never, ever talk about divorce at all? Uh, separation we did, not divorce. We, it never got to that point, thankfully. Mm. But 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 you had someone that was open to options. Correct. Like your wife, she was like, "Okay, well, whatever it takes, I'm down to do it." Right. Mm. Mm, I mean, yeah. I think that that's a key. Yeah. Well, maybe not whatever it takes, but I'll I'll listen to you. Yeah, I mean, she really? was she was. Like I said before, not receptive to it, but she didn't shut it all the way down. You know, again, she said, I'll try it, but, I, you know, I'm not sure. You know, it, it wasn't, she wasn't excited about it, you know, when we started the process. Because, again, like I said, yeah, the book, because it, it was like, the thought is that is it is it going to, is it going to help our marriage? I mean, that was the end goal, and. If you if you you know going into it, she didn't think it was. So why be excited about it, you know? And but like you said, I mean to your point, you know, no, she didn't shut it all the way down. She, I mean, it, we did read the book, you know. I mean together, and it, and and we got, you know, our relationship is is it, it was healed, you know, as a result of it. But but, but, I mean, to but your point, you know, it's go ahead. And here's the question that that I want to ask, and this is not directed at you, Rodney, at all. Um, mm-hmm. But should you have to convince your spouse that a method of saving the marriage, um, that this might be a good method of saving the marriage, should you have to convince them of that? Shouldn't they say, I'll do anything? I mean, is it wrong to believe that your spouse should say, I'll do anything to save my marriage, if they really want to save it? That nothing is too small or minute. Yeah. I think that's in the, the ideal world, the ideal situation. You know, but it just doesn't work out that way. I mean, you you, you generally have one person that's more... I want to say focused than the other. Um, it's, I mean, it it, it can be uh, where you have both parties that are just pulling, you know, prioritizing the marriage, you know, as much as, as possible. But I mean, generally, you have one that sort of, and it, you know, it's ideally it's, it should be the man, um, you know, to lead that charge. You know, but mm-hmm. in some cases, it's the woman that's like, you know, we need to, to fix our marriage, and it's the it's the man who's like, mm, nah, I don't know. You know, so I mean, it can go both ways. So, sure, sure, you know, sure. It's it just, and I think, go ahead. No, I'm done. Go ahead. And I think that something was missed when it gets to that point. You know what I mean? Because again, um. There's an echo. Yeah, I'm trying to fix it. Go ahead. 
Yeah, you, you know, when you get to that point and one person wants to save it and the other one is kind of reluctant. It, it means I think something has been missed along the way. Something has got lost along the way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Something just ain't right with them. Or they or they may be already be have one foot out the door. You know, because I just don't think it should always be a a convincing type thing. If if both people want want to genuinely make it work. Mhm. Right. Yeah. I mean, I feel you on that, but again, it's it you're right too. You know, it takes two. It's, it's, it's yeah, we had that show once. Yeah, we had that show once being in war. And you're the only one on the battlefield, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you know how do I go to war for my marriage when I'm the only one on the battlefield? Yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and, and speaking of the battlefield, you know the, you know the host. You said something early, early, early on, and um, you said about your wife, you know, having the um the surgery, um mm-hmm. where she got breast you know, and mm-hmm. you know, with that whole, you know, situation and you you talked about it on, on here before about the breast cancer, but tying it back to what we're talking about tonight, you know, when when will you know that's over? You know, when it comes to the cancer. Oh, it's it's already a done deal. It's uh they got it all out. Um, the last surgery she just went through Friday was just to get the uh, implants. That 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 was the last stage of the surgery, and uh, all the surgical procedures. But uh, but it takes a so toll. It's over. I mean, it's no. I mean, the the cancer can never come back. I mean, it's just completely done. Well, yeah, because now she's on the meds to prevent. You know, cancer feeds off of estrogen. So she has to continue to take these anti-estrogen pills, which causes her, you know, a woman without estrogen might as well be with a dude. Not not to say like that. Right, 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 right. I know what you're saying, yeah. But but she don't, she's supposed to take these anti-estrogen pills that causes her, to you know, she she has sporadic moods and mood swings, yeah. and but she's so she's so cool that you know she has her business that she operates and she takes it out on them. So I'm good. <laughs> 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 so by the time she finished getting on those guys, then you know um, she's she's exhausted. The food is cooked at home. You know, the kids has already got their homework done and everything's a wrap, you know. So yeah. uh so she she knows how to uh to take it in the in the, in a in a direction where, you know, it's not bothering the home. Uh she she stays busy and that is a that's that's a major major factor of um having a surgery like this because when when you're sitting down and you're not doing anything, then that's it, it can attack as well. Uh, it hates oxygen, so you have to keep moving. Um, you know, you have to exercise. You have to do certain things.
to keep it up off you. And um, and and that, and that's what a lot of people uh, who have cancer uh, they don't do. They just kind of like, okay, well, I give up. But you, but when you keep fighting, like she is, you know, that's another attract. I mean, that that uh, my focus went from nice big breasts to uh, a strong-willed woman that won't quit. And in that, in my woman. She's so strong and continuing to move forward and uh, being an advocate for people who have this thing, uh, going out there and telling them, hey, you don't have to lose your hair. You don't have to be down in the slumps. You don't have to uh, accept what the devil try to take you out with. You know, the best thing for you to do is to keep it moving and don't fight. I mean, don't don't give in to this this cancer fight. Don't give in to, okay, you don't think your husband is going to go to another woman just because you got something or you lost something, you know. Um, and and she's still advertising and advocating, you know, the, the show, you know, the book, still talks to, talk, talk to people about everything. I yeah. mean, she, she, she's even more stronger than she was before she got the uh got the double mastectomy so you know um but that, but that's why I asked my question is because you know the 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 answer to the question is no it's not over cuz right. you said still has to take anti estrogen pills or medication or whatever still has to exercise regularly you know and I'm sure you have to eat right and and those sort of things oh, yeah. so I mean, it's not over, you know. I mean, in in, in those terms, you know what I mean. Okay. I, mean, it's always okay. I thought you was problem. asking was the cancer still in her body, you know? Yeah, I mean that too, because I mean, and, and you know, you clarified that for me that you know the cancer is, you know, fully removed and everything, and that's great. I didn't know if it could, you know, you could have, uh, you know, cancer come back, you know, just, you know, re, you know, come out of remission, you know, into her body. Right. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, but you know, as far as this whole, you know, ordeal you were talking about, I think early, you know, lifting lifting the load, um, you know, that's uh, with making sure that she's healthy, you know, and 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 monitoring her her whole situation. I mean, it's 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 a constant, you know, at this point. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, yeah. You know, and it kind of goes back to what I said about. It's kind of like the marriage, where it's mm-hmm. and it's a it's a constant. I think that's where people go wrong, is just thinking that, oh, you know, I said I do. We had the honeymoon, and then they just go to work every day and pop out some kids, and then they never really go back to focusing on and prioritizing the marriage. You know, it's mm-hmm. like how do we get out of order here? You know, and mm-hmm. and it's like. And I think you know, I think I think that it's both of us, both the, the the husband and the wife's fault. But it shouldn't be that much, I guess, um, pulling teeth to try to get back on track, I guess. But again, it goes both ways. You know, I know, you know, women today that want their marriage to be healthy and and whole and healed, but you know, the guy is just sitting there like a bump on the log. He won't do anything. Mm. You know, to do that. So it's like, you know, what do you do? 
and or the vice versa. It's like you trying to do these things for for your marriage, and the wife is just sitting there like a bump on a log, like, and it's like, what do you do? I mean, ideal situation, yeah. both people are like, yo, this thing has gotten off track. We need to get it back. And both people are like, yeah, you know, team marriage, let's get it done. But that's not right, how it works. Right. You know, unfortunately. Well, and you're absolutely right. And that, that brings me to my last point of how many notches have your wife dropped or gained since you guys been married, you know, because um, um, T-Hawk said earlier, you know, you, you introduce yourself to, you know, superwoman, super freak, super get it in all the time, and then all of a sudden, you know, you lose some cool points with me after two years of saying, you know, once a week or once a month. And now you're stuck in this relationship where this woman won't put out like she was putting out before. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, she's trying to have you to understand that her body has changed and she's getting older and she's not eating the right foods and she's going through menopause and excuse, excuse, excuse. In your mind, it's an excuse, but in her mind, it's valid. So, you know, mm-hmm. what do you do at that point when you feel like, okay, you you hoodwinked me, you know, you you, you got mm-hmm. me in this marriage and you ain't giving it <laughs> up like you used to. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so how many notches have your wife dropped or gained since you guys been married in your mind? I think that you have to put it into categories, though. Because, you know, I don't want to believe that, you know, it's all the categories are bad. You see what I'm saying? Right. So she may right. have... Right. A, she may have stepped up her game in the domestic, or she may have stepped up the game in the financial part, but then dropped mm-hmm. somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You know, yeah. I think I think when you're dating, you you, you kind of look at the way they handle their own household. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're taking you notes. How long you give them for that, though? I mean, I don't really know if it takes a long time. I mean, if you go by and you're hanging out with them and you're dating them and you see how they handle their bills, their own their own household, what they, you know, how they juggle stuff, you know, that'll give you a clear indication, a somewhat an indication of how they are going to be in the marriage and what roles you'll assume. I don't know. I don't know about that. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, if you know if you'll know if they're a deadbeat or not. <laughs> I think they can camouflage that, though. I mean, I've, I've seen, seen some relationships where, like what you're talking about, they one way when before you get married, and then after they're married, you know, the light, it's like the light went off. And it's like, well, yeah. how long was you watching her do the things that she was doing, or was you too busy watching the booty wag by you? You know, because yeah. I think that smokescreen of – you know, react these other assets, you know, we kind of get distracted by that. And we only, that only allows us to monitor her other things or categories for a little while. And then we think in our mind, well, you know what, <laughs> I can deal with that. Don't worry about that. Just, I mean, you know, hey, as long as I'm, as long as I'm getting it in three times a week, we straight. And I think that the other focuses start coming into, it come, becoming more clear you start focusing on the other things after the sex diminishes. And then you're like, wait a minute, she don't cook? 
it's it's like now your focus is on the things that should have been focused on before you guys was married, you know. And I and I seen. Go ahead. Hello. Nobody said anything. Okay. Yeah, and I and I think when once you start focusing, once you stop focusing on what you desire the most, or once that goes goes down a little bit or get degraded a little bit, then all these other things that was already there is more present and prevalent in front of your face because it's more clearer now because you don't have anything else to focus on or your main attraction is now not an attraction anymore. So all these other things, I, I mean, <laughs> I had a homeboy, you know, he was like, when when we first started talking to this chick, he was like, oh, man, she's just so lovely. She got the the, be- the most beautiful natural hair I've ever seen on a woman. And, oh, she's just so, she's etiquette and she's this and she's that. And then he he had sex with her. And then after he did that, he every time he had sex with her, he saw something else that was wrong with her. He said, uh, I said, how are you, how are you and no girl doing? Well, uh, uh, you know, I kind of looked at her. And I think makeup does a number on women, man, because you can't really see all these things when they got all that makeup on it. I said, so what's wrong? Is she the same person, right? Well, she got all these bumps on her face. I'm like, oh, that's nothing. You know, it's okay, bro. So he just a little makeup will cover that up. The next week I asked him, oh, how are your girl doing? How are you and your girl doing? Well, she got these tumors in these varicose veins, and it just get everything else just gets more clearer as the as what he desired diminishes. And the same mm-hmm. thing that happens in a marriage, you know, the sex diminishes, the desire for it from her uh, point of view, it begins to diminish. And then once that's not there, you got other things to look at that you say, mm-mm, wait a minute. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Why does her all of a sudden sex drive diminish? Explain that to me because I'm a little foggy in that area. If you was a freak, then you a freak. If you enjoyed it, then how does that diminish? If it's something that you enjoy to do, how does that just diminish? Well, you can't be a freak all your life. I mean, I used to run a mile well, and a half you? in nine minutes flat. <laughs> I can't run a mile. I can't do a nine and a half minute mile anymore. <laughs> that's, that's you know, it, it, <laughs> it's different now because, you know. <laughs> He's not buying it. Can't. That brother not buying it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brings up a good point. He brings up a good point. You know, we we all were famous when we were little. You know, get a little older, things change. Slow down. What changes? <laughs> what changes? <laughs> Got to back off the court. Yeah, but this yeah, is you not can't. a game. It's not. It's not competition. I mean, it's, it's, but 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 you it's, you got to put it in the same category though because your body gets older no matter what. Even Jordan, the best in basketball. Y'all talking about that, what age are you talking about now when your body gets older? So you talking about when you get seventy? No, <laughs> I'm just talking about like so like what man said earlier. So so if you get married at twenty, and then by thirty five your sex drops should the should diminish? Is that what you're saying? Mm. No, no, I'm not saying that. I mean, it, it could, what if it's that? You know, what if it's the kids that's turning her off? What if it's, because sometimes women can gain weight and they discuss themselves, and they say, like, you know, I'm not worthy of, 
I don't like seeing my body bounce on top of my husband because he's I'm so big, and I you know he he can't carry me like he used to carry me or he don't look at me the same. So I have to do something about this weight, and and she turns herself off, and that kind of cuts it off a little bit. Say you know I'm not I got to get my weight down. I got to get myself back in shape. And, and you thinking is what the only thing you thinking about? Why are you not giving them like you used to? And but now you're thinking like, there's something wrong with you, right? So instead but, but of you her, just, you just asking me for some avenues of why does that diminish? Sure, 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 sure. So you know these are one of these are some of the reasons why that diminishes. You know, if you're going to sit up here and uh, expect her to have babies and get right back into shape and, and, you know, and not take in that postpartum dis- depression is one of the reasons why she don't want to sleep with anybody, I mean, sleep with you anymore, then you, that's kind of like a, you know, it could be considered as selfish or it could be considered as, you know, hey, man, just let her get back on her feet, you know, and then you start comparing her to other women. Hey, man, well, I've I seen this Internet sensation. She had her baby eight days later. She was back to flat abs. Can't look at mm-hmm. it like that either. Because once you start comparing her, you're getting further and further away from another day of making love to your wife. Mm. Yeah, well, y'all should be good on Fridays. You know, y'all should y'all should get lucky on Friday. So, why is that? It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. The holidays again. <laughs> Birthdays, holidays, Christmas, right. on his birthday, birthday, Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, you know, hey, I haven't even thought about Valentine's Day. What? Uh, what? Why yeah, should well, I be the only one to think about? Huh? Yeah, that's that's a whole other issue right there, uh, buddy. Trust so. me, you're not the only one. Yeah. You got some brothers on here to co-sign with you. I already got my Valentine's plans. I'm just hopefully they don't get snowed out. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that's uh. If anybody anybody got anything else, it's uh. It's about that time uh to go into open mic, it and uh open. everybody can uh talk. Everybody free to talk if they want to talk about anything in open mic. Uh, so we're gonna shut this show down, and uh, we appreciate you coming to the Married Man Don't Talk show. Tell all your friends and your family to come listen out and join us up. So um. Uh, check our website, householdstress.com, for any upcoming events. Uh, we have a couple of things coming up, so please check the website. Look up Upcoming Events tab. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of your night. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.